room. Amen. Let's give God a hand. A miracle working God. And on that note, praise point from Andrew and Sharon, a miracle breakthrough for Sharon's dad in health challenges he's been having just this week. So how good is God? He's breaking out in our families. And um, yeah, let's give him a great hand. Lots to thank God for, hey? Who's excited to be in church this morning? Yeah? So many exciting things happening. How beautiful. Thank you, Ryan. Is a season of new babies, new engagements, just new life. There's so much joy, isn't there? And, and I love that, that in all of those things, like in pregnancy, there's waiting. And if you ask the mums who have been through pregnancy, and I know Claire had a terrible time with being really sick, there's always a waiting and there's often a cost to enter into the promise and into new things. And Ryan talked about his grapple, but how good is it when you enter into the new? It's so worth, it's so worth all the, um, the, I guess, the sacrifice and the pain of what comes before. That was just a random side note. How well did the band do with that song? You didn't really make any mistakes. That was beautiful. I'm not musical, so I don't know if you made any mistakes. But um, I love that song. It was powerful. Cool. So last time I spoke, I spoke a little bit about being intentional and building into our kids. And I, after we shared that video where our kids were talking about reading the Bible and just being hooligans, and, but it was sweet and, and powerful all at once. So I was just talking about how it's good to be intentional with our kids. You know, we want to teach them to eat well and we want to teach them to do well at school and, and be healthy in all areas of life. But how much more do we want to teach them about God and the things of God and I guess disciple them in their faith as well. And so I, I spoke a little bit about that. <laughs> I actually, that was meant to be my introduction. I spoke a bit more about the largeness of God and science and that was meant to be my introduction but it ended up being my whole sermon. And then today I wanted to move on to talking about the Garden of Eden and how it shows us God's ultimate, the original environment that God intended for our soul to thrive in. And I'm looking forward to getting to that, but I just want to talk a little bit more, going back to the kids and following on from what Patrick said last week. How good was Patrick's message again? And he spoke a lot about the kids. And um, I just really believe God is speaking to our kids. And it doesn't take long just to see what God is doing in them, to see that, or to listen to what's coming through here. Patrick was prophesying over the kids. You know, they're going to be up here teaching us in 20 years. And may we never neglect the importance of what's happening out in kids' church. It's not a, a side thing or a babysitting club. It's the training of our future leaders. It's the training of our kids who are in their worlds now, blessing their friends and their parents and, and changing their worlds already. And um, I just really believe God's eyes on the kids. And we had another lady come from Hillsong. She was here a month or two ago and but a few people come in and just prophesy like incredible prophecies, which I just think we're in a season where God is speaking very clearly. But she said, I just see in your kids' ministry, movers and shakers and influencers. And she said, you are raising up society's leaders in, the, in this place. And I thought, that's really cool. And it's just been coming through so many avenues. And I just think when God notices someone or something it's no small thing and I spoke about last time the God who created the universe that spans trillions upon trillions of miles and so if this God in all his vastness in all his greatness in all his majesty if his eye catches something that is no small thing and I just believe if God has got his eye on the kids and he's wanting to say look I want to speak call and I want to speak purpose and I want to speak destiny and I want to bless you and I, I want to put favour out upon you, then there's no stopping him. And so I just want to echo that, that I believe from the littlest to the oldest, the next generation, God is doing something powerful. And um, there's another time 
in the Bible when God noticed a group of people in Exodus 2.25. It says, this is when the people of Israel were in slavery in Egypt. And it says, God saw the sons of Israel and God took notice of them. So again, he's noticed something. His eyes caught them. Or another version in the King James said, and God looked upon the children of Israel and God had concern for them. God saw the pain of a generation. He saw the sons of Israel and he was concerned. But he didn't just see their pain. He didn't just see them enslaved. He then called a deliverer to lead them into promise. And he performed a great series of miracles to set his people free. If he sees you, if he notices you, there's no stopping him. And I just believe that God sees the pain that this generation is in. He sees the pain and he's noticed that he's not just up in heaven ruling the world absent. He's seeing, he's noticed the generation that is coming. He sees their battles. But as I said, he doesn't just see, he makes a way for freedom and deliverance. And he's raising up deliverers in our midst. And he's raising up kids who are going to have healing ministries and kids who are going to be leaders and movers and shakers because he sees the pain and he recognizes that this generation is looking for someone to bring them some light and some hope and some truth. But you know, another key and a tragic aspect of this story, for most of us, I'm assuming we've read the story, was that the Israelites, once they were set free from their slavery, they ended up whining and they ended up having to wander in the wilderness for so many years because they kind of their hearts became a little bit hardened and they kind of forgot the miracles that God had done. And so no one over 20 except for Joshua and Caleb were able to enter into the promised land. And maybe there's something in that for us, Joshua and Caleb were the warriors. They were the men of faith and courage who didn't just see obstacles but saw solutions and saw victory in spite of the obstacles. And Joshua and Caleb were young. When they were enslaved in Egypt, they were young at heart. They weren't the old guys. And I just think that's powerful. Maybe there's some young ones now that God is calling, ready to lead and see victory after victory. Our kids are going to be the ones who are going to go before us into the promise and lead the way, just as Joshua and Caleb did. But we don't have to miss out like the people of Israel did. That was the story in the Bible, but we can learn from that and be like, okay, lesson learned. Joshua and Caleb, men of faith and courage, let's grab some of that so that when the young generation run ahead of us, we go with them so we don't miss out on the promised land. Let's be championing them. Let's be spurring them on. Let's be young at heart not old and negative and dry and crusty like the people of Israel, so we can enter into the promise with the next generation because it's going to be awesome. Who wants to miss out on the land flowing with milk and honey and, and all the goodness of what God is doing, heaven being established here on earth through those young warriors? And I love Psalm 45:16. Your sons will take the place of your fathers and I will make them princes throughout the land. We've got some princes in our midst. We've got some sons and daughters who are just stepping into incredible things. All right, I've skipped half of my notes there, but I think everyone got that? Good. Yeah, let's champion the next generation. God's moving. I just think there's a divine favour on our kids. And I had a dream a little while ago. God often speaks to me through dreams. And the kids had their cross country, I think, coming up in like a month or so. But in the dream, Tamana came home to me with a first place ribbon. Tamana, that's our eight-year-old son. <laughs> I think he's almost nine. But he came up to me and he had a blue first place ribbon. And he's like, Mom, I got first place, for, I got awarded first place for the cross country in the dream. And I was like, that's so awesome. Congratulations. I was like, did you even run it? Like, when did you run it? He's like, I didn't even have to run it. They just gave me this first place ribbon. And, you know, I just think that speaks of unmerited favor. God is saying, you know what, kids? 
you don't even have to do anything and I'm just going to bless you because I love you and I've noticed you and I'm going to make a way for you to walk in freedom and lead your generation in freedom because that's the God that we serve and how cool is that. And there's another verse in the Bible where it talks about that the wealth of the nations will come to you and it's linked in with that, um, that your sons will take the place of your fathers and I just believe there's a wealth and a favour being drawn to the next generation like the man who drove past and just felt God put on his heart, give some money to the highway kids. That has to be God, right? If God catches you, if God notices you, there's no stopping him. So that was just my introduction, but I'm going to move on now to uh, the Garden of Eden and what, that, what we can glean from that about the ultimate environment for our soul to thrive. And Judah Smith spoke an awesome message on this, and it was so good that I wanted to share it with you. But I think it links in really well because obviously the people of Israel became old in spirit and negative because their souls weren't thriving and they lost their ability for their souls to thrive. And so this is why it's important because I can all, it's all very well for me to get up here and say, don't be old and grumpy. And like, well, how? How do we not be old and grumpy? How do we make sure that our souls are thriving? And so that's why I want to give us some keys today so that we can continue just to um, have fresh spirits. All right. And you know, the Garden of Eden, pre-sin is perfection. It's utopia, utopia for our souls. It's the perfect environment that God created for men to thrive, for our souls to thrive. And just a little side note, our soul, if you're thinking, what's our soul? It's, it's kind of a hotly debated topic and there's probably lots of discussion on it and we might not fully understand it this side of eternity. But our soul is the essence of who we really are. It's the eternal part of us, the deepest part of us. And some people say, is it mind, is it will, it's emotions, it's probably tied in with all of that. And ultimately when our soul is not healthy, we're not healthy. We might have all the money in the world or we might have all the friends in the world or we might be going to the gym and working out and feeling super strong. But if our soul is not well, we're not going to be happy. Just like the Israelites, deep down, we're not happy. And I think that our spirit, we've got our spirit and our soul, and they're very much deeply intertwined because it says in Hebrews, Hebrews 4 that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between even the soul and the spirit. So is what that's saying, that our soul and our spirit are so intertwined that the word can even divide between something that's so connected. But I think this is my interpretation, but I think our spirit connects us to God. And I think when we're connected to God, that spirit, the spirit of God, fills every part of us. It fills our soul. It fills our mind. It fills everything. But when we're disconnected from God, when our spirit is disconnected, then I think that's when our soul gets a little bit out of order. And maybe we're a bit more led by our mind or our emotions rather than being led by our spirit. So may we tap into God. May it fill our soul. May it fill every part of us. So, what can we learn from the Garden of Eden about God's original environment for our soul? So, I've got four R's, but I'll see. I might not get through all of them. I'll see how I go for time where I might get through all of them. But it says in Genesis 2, verse 8 to 9, And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. So God invented pleasure and good food. He created the garden for man to enjoy, a place for Adam and Eve to rest in and enjoy the goodness of God. So the optimal environment for our souls, firstly, as gathered from the Garden of Eden, is rest and enjoyment. So the R is the rest, and I just added in enjoyment. Enjoying life, 
resting in the goodness of God, having good food with friends. I remember saying it before, sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is just have a meal with friends and laugh. Someone, I read that somewhere. In 1 Kings 19, when Elijah was worn out, God said to him, stop, eat, drink, rest. Eating, drinking, resting, enjoying are really important for the health of our soul. And God showed us, even God needed to rest. He spoke all of creation into existence and then he rested on the seventh day. In Hebrews 4, it actually talks a little bit more about this. Hebrews 4, 4, it says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. And then it goes on in verse 9. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his, as I said. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. So that's interesting. It talks about not resting as a form of disobedience, and this is in the New Testament. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, as I spoke about earlier, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. So how cool is this? It's talking about striving to enter the rest, and then it finishes with that verse that I shared earlier about the word of God being sharper than a double-edged sword to divide between soul and spirit to judge thoughts and attitudes and I just think we do need to strive to enter the rest but I love um, as it says that the word is actually there to help us judge between thoughts and attitudes because our soul and our spirit is so intertwined and sometimes in our worlds there's so much noise and it's hard to really quieten our hearts so that we can tap into our spirit and the word is there to help us maybe if we've lost sight of God Psalm 46 I've shared this before and I love this verse but it says step out of the traffic and take a long long and loving look at God and you know that's what the word of God is there for if we've got a bit blurry and maybe we've just got a bit caught up in life just to step out of the traffic back to the word God who are you remind me of who you are and um, that's what the word is there just to bring clarity when we're maybe in confusion but as it says earlier in Hebrews 4 we do need to strive to enter the rest who knows it takes work to enter into rest which is really ironic and this is what this verse is saying and yes we need to read the Bible and it helps us understand more of God but I think it's also good to have a holistic approach yes the word is good but you know what sometimes I've been in mental health spaces where my head is so clouded that reading the word just seems to go in one ear and out the other so sometimes we need to actually get practical and maybe source out some other help so that we can actually get our hearts and our minds in a place where we're ready to take it in and where we're ready for God to be able to go deeper in into our spirits and into our souls. So I want to talk about some practical things in terms of striving to enter the rest. As I said, it takes work. And I've spoken about, I've done a whole sermon on rest before and have a listen to that if you want on SoundCloud. But it's important to have a sanctuary, I think, a place where we can find rest for our souls. And I think it's different for everyone. But may we find our sanctuary and utilize it. And, and just a little caution with this. I'm not saying, what's your sanctuary? <laughs> Throw everything out the window to make sure you have time in your sanctuary. Pursuing rest and enjoyment, like self-care is important. But pursuing rest and enjoyment can become a really selfish thing if we're not careful. So I'm not saying, oh my gosh, I've had a huge week with the kids. Josh, I'm going to the day spa for 10 hours on Saturday. You can have the kids. <laughs> I'd love to do that. But, you know, I think when... <laughs> 
our environment is key to finding rest often, but if you have a family, if you're in a married relationship, I think it's good to talk about these things. How are we going to find rest as a family? How are we going to find rest as an individual? Just to make sure that we're not sacrificing everyone else's needs to meet our own. So, how are we going to work it out together? And, and I, as I said, the right environment is often key to finding rest. For me, I love a massage. Um, they help me wind down. But I also think it's a learned art, but I think we can get better at finding rest no matter what the environment because life is chaotic and I think we really do need and we can learn this to be able to amidst the chaos and amidst the storm to find that peace deep in our souls because who knows life's not one big day spa or one big luscious golf course or one big ocean just to go surfing in all day long. Sometimes we've got to learn how to find peace no matter what the environment and no matter what is going on. And awesome if we can go to the day spiral, if we can sit down and read our Bible and have worship in our ear all day long, but it's probably not practical. I think God is big enough to help us find peace amidst the chaos. And um, try and find those moments for your sanctuary as well when you can. I'm getting better at it, I guess, just even amidst the busyness of the day, just taking a few deep breaths to be still and like the kids are running around and my mind's a little bit chaotic, but just being like, few deep breaths, God, just help me ground myself in this moment. I can't go have a massage, but I can find peace deep in my soul just by like just a moment of stillness in that. And I think the secular world has actually got it down pat. Dad spoke about this last time he was here, Pastor Mark, where he said We've, the secular world actually has a lot for us to glean. It's not like everything out there is bad. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Take meditation can sound like a weird spiritual thing, maybe with all sorts of different connotations. But essentially, if you take the principle of meditation, it's just about stilling the mind, quietening the heart, stepping out of the traffic, like the psalm says, and, yeah, quietening ourselves. And the definition of meditation is just contemplation, thought, thinking, pondering, reflection, and prayer. I need to do that regularly just to stop. Maybe meditate on God's word or not even meditate on God's word. Sometimes it's just nice to be still and enjoy the beauty of creation or, or just pause to enjoy my kids, just to be present in the world, to slow down the pace. And yeah, as I said, I really believe we can train our minds and our spirits to get better at this. And talking about the secular world, we have psychologists and we have therapists and I think they're really good if we're struggling to quieten the noise, we're struggling to find rest, to get some help from them, but also the Headspace app. Has anyone ever heard of that? It's really good. I've downloaded it and Josh is like, what's this app on your phone? And it's, it's largely about, it's a secular thing, but it's just about finding stillness, finding those moments to pause. It's not any weird spiritual thing. It's just a secular resource. And it even sends you little notifications in the day like, have you had a moment to be still? Or just little motivational things to help you get your perspective back a bit. It's almost like if the, if the Holy Spirit had an app or something, maybe. <laughs> Have you been still today? Have you remembered God? Have you paused just to enjoy your world? And so absolutely read your word. Have time with God. Worship. Do all those things. But if you're finding that might not cut it, download the Headspace app. Go and see a psychologist. Take a holistic approach. I can recommend a good psychologist to you too if you need to know one. Or Lisa Gowan, who's not here today, but I know she knows some good ones too. Let's um, utilise what's in our wells and also be letting God lead us and speak to us so that we can find rest in the deepest part 
of our hearts and our souls. And as Dad has said this before, it's not the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's good. That's bad. It's like his life walking it. God can be found in anything mostly and some things you know like it's good to apply wisdom but I think God leads us in that he can use doctors through medicine to heal us he can use psychologists to heal us and um, Sarah Wanga shared a good article on this yesterday I think it was it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist too it was titled and I think um, yeah just some good wisdom for us and as I said who knows the word is in our spirit hopefully might not always be able to read it, but the word is in there. But sometimes we have to quieten the noise to get to it and to actually just be able to um, yeah, tap into that. And worship, I do love worship. Worship is beautiful. And I think if you're in a place of torment or you're struggling, worship music, I love to just play that at home or even on Sunday morning. Doesn't it just bring peace to your soul, being in this environment of worship? So make sure you're tapping into that. But when we're out and about and we don't have this amazing worship team with us and we, life may be chaotic, I think, um, yeah, may we still know what it is to be able to just pause and dig deep within and be like, okay, God, in this chaos, help me find peace. Make sense? All good? Not heresy? All right. And I honestly feel for myself, just speaking personally, it's been a game changer as, yes, I love the word, I love worship, but as I've seen a psychologist, I've got this app and it's just helping me so much be able to find peace every day. And I think ultimately if we can daily just find those moments of pausing amidst the busyness and just um, yeah, having some time just to contemplate, to think, to pray, whatever, uh, whatever it is for you. All right. Like yesterday, for example, some of you might have known. But we had a lot of different and amazing things going on. Like we had football and we had baby showers and we had birthday parties. And they're all things that you want to be able to focus on and give attention to because they're some of life's greatest moments. And you want to celebrate life with your friends and with your family. And there's so many beautiful um, moments to be a part of. And we were so excited for all of those things. But at the same time, um, I have Sunday morning in the back of my head and just preparing for this this morning because we often have the church in our hearts. And, you know, we want to do it justice when we get here on a Sunday. We want to have heard from God. and We want to have something to, I guess, share that will encourage and equip everyone. And we don't just have Sunday in our hearts. We just have the church in our hearts often just thinking, okay, God, what are you saying and where are you leading us and what do you want to do next? So we want to be ready, I guess, any day of the week if someone walks into our life and maybe there's some wisdom needed or maybe there's some prayer needed so you just have to be ready so obviously we've got lots of things going on with our friends and family but then we have the church in our hearts and and then we're looking towards after Sunday and we want to hang out with friends and, and enjoy that and then I'm also thinking about now preparing gluten-free food for the whole weekend because when you go to parties the kids can't always eat it and then looking towards the week um, the boys have projects due tomorrow and the rest of the week and I also have a a sleep test in Wollongong overnight sleep test to test me for sleep apnea. So I'm thinking, okay, we've got Saturday and then we've got Sunday and then we've got Monday and then I've got to get the house ready for Josh and like he's probably going to forget swimming lessons and my head is swimming at the best of times and I really need to be able to find myself grounded in these moments because if I don't, and I know we're all very busy and so this is why I'm sharing it, if I don't, I'm going to miss out on some of these really special things. If this whole week, and I'm sure at times I have been,
been, if I'm just in my head constantly, I'm going to miss out on being present when our beautiful friends get engaged. I'm going to miss out when our other really lovely friends are celebrating their baby. We're going to miss out on those divine conversations at our kids' friends' parties. We're going to miss out on being present when our kids need projects done and when they score a try at footy and they want you to be excited. I really think we can be so much in our heads that we're not present. So what I'm talking about is helping us just pause and actually be grounded in the word, be grounded in ourselves, help our soul to be grounded so we're not like, chaos, chaos, chaos. Otherwise, we're going to miss out on being present. So may we get better at finding peace amidst the chaos that we can be truly present in our lives for our kids, for our own sake, for all those ones who God has put in our lives. And I'm I'm all for cutting back too. Like I think, you know, sometimes you have to say no to things and I'm going to talk more about that later. But sometimes, and sometimes there is definitely wisdom, do I need to change things? Or is God wanting to take me on a journey of getting better at finding inner peace even amidst the juggle and growing our capacity? And I think sometimes that's the path and sometimes saying no is the path. So may there be wisdom. But I just think if we are waiting for our ducks to be in a row and for the environment to be perfect before we can rest, like I have to go to the day spa, I have to go for a surf, I have to go play golf, we're going to be pretty strung out because we're not going to get to do those things every day. And I think the converse can also happen too. We can have our ducks in a row and we can be in a beautiful place, but if our soul is not at peace, we're not going to enjoy it. So for our soul to be at peace, for our soul to be thriving, it's so important. And may, we, um, may God lead us in wisdom at getting to that. And Tess Ginnery, some of you might know, she used to come to this church. She's an amazing, creative poet but I saw her write a little while ago she said if we're struggling maybe we need to do some heart work or maybe we just need to have a good night's sleep and that's what I'm talking about may God lead us you know if we're struggling we're strung out do we need to do some heart work is there some stuff there to be unraveled or do we just need to go home and have a good night's sleep and um, may God I guess yeah lead us in that so that we can find that deep deep rest that comes from learning to still our mind and our heart and comes from going to our spirit amidst the chaos. All right. And read your word. Let the word divide between soul and spirit. What's you? What's God? Let the Holy Spirit guide you. And then if you're still struggling, download the Headspace app. Go and see a psychologist. Talk to a friend. Get some good holistic help. God's original environment for our souls to flourish involves rest and enjoyment. This is my obviously my first point. And if we need a little bit of help to get there, that's okay. Let's not be so hyper-faith that we can't look outside the church to actually get some help. Let's embrace the journey together and spur one another on to find rest deep in our souls. And, you know, Adam and Eve at this point in the Garden of Eden, they knew peace deep in their souls. And how beautiful would have that been? Because they were in the garden. They were resting and they were enjoying God's goodness. They were enjoying his presence, his creation. And we're not in the Garden of Eden, but I still think we can tap into a taste of it. Earthside. All right, so that was the first point, rest and enjoyment. Going all right. It's only 10 past 11. Is everyone getting stuff out of this so far? Awesome. So am I. I'm getting stuff out of it as I was preparing because we're all on a journey, hey? All right, so the second point, our souls are created for rest and enjoyment, but don't quit your day job. Our souls are also created for responsibility, number two. Genesis 2.15, God put man in the garden to work it and keep it. Your soul needs rest, but ironically, your soul also needs responsibility. 
work and keep what God has put in your hand. As he said to um, Adam and Eve, God put them in the garden to work it and keep it. And when I say work and keep what God has put in your hand, I want to put the emphasis on your. Work and keep what God has put in your hand, not what God has put in your neighbor's hand. Maybe stay in our lane and be faithful with what God has given us. And also, some of us might need to learn to take greater responsibility to work it and keep it. I think we're all, I guess on a different journey but maybe for some of us we've been running from maybe whatever God has called us to walk in and so often you know we can associate work as part of the curse after Adam and Eve sinned that was part of the curse that Adam was going to have to work the ground but you know what work was mentioned before the curse work was mentioned when God spun all of creation into existence that was work work was mentioned in the garden of Eden as part of this perfect utopia so work is not a bad thing work is actually essential for our souls to thrive we're created for responsibility we're created to work it and keep it and Judah Smith Judah Smith says this work what the good Lord gave you. Who has a good Judah Smith accent? Anyone? Ryan, do you have a good? No, okay, I won't put you on the spot. Work what the good Lord gave you. Um, Responsibility is good for your soul. And I think that if God entrusts you with something and you don't work it and keep it, you will find that it affects your soul adversely. And you know, you see people running from God and running what he's from what he's called them to do. And maybe that's us in different ways. I think we'll find it affects our soul adversely. You'll feel a great dissonance within you because essentially you are disconnecting from who you are created to be in the very deepest parts of you. It's good for us to work hard and well and take responsibility for the things God has called us to and put in our hand. Isn't that good to know? We need to rest and we need to enjoy but then we also need to work it and keep it and take responsibility for what God has put in our hands and I think you know sometimes if we're worn out we're like rest, 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 we need to rest. And that is good. But then maybe we need to look at, hang on, I'm worn out, I'm strung out, I'm not at peace within myself. Am I walking in everything that God's called me to? Am I actually taking responsibility for everything that God's given me? Maybe some of that is going to cause my soul to come alive in a greater way. Maybe God's wanting me to dream again. Maybe God's wanting to remind me of some of the things I've let go of. And you're going to find your soul soaring all of a sudden again. All right, so I'm going to get the band up. And... Um, We're going to finish. I'll I'll share the next two hours next time I speak, just to spread it out so it's not um, too much to take in. But I want to pray this morning. Let's stand as well. I want to pray for anyone. Maybe you feel like your soul's not thriving. Maybe you feel a bit dry like the Israelites were. You're a bit strung out. Maybe you're feeling a bit negative. And perhaps you're related to what I spoke about first, that struggle just to find rest and enjoyment. Maybe you feel like your headspace is chaotic and you're just struggling to steal yourself to even tap into your spirit. And I want to pray for you this morning that God will lead you and help you to find peace deep in your soul. And as the band plays beautiful worship, I believe God's going to be ministering peace Or maybe your soul's not at rest because you've been running from what God has called you to work and keep. And if that's you and you're just like, oh, God, I can feel you nudging at my heart. I haven't been fully taking responsibility for what you've put in my hand. And you know God's challenging you and you just want to make a commitment and say, God, look, I want to serve you with my whole heart. I want to stay in my lane. I just want to run with what you've called me to work and keep. I want to pray for you because perhaps you know you're created for so much more than what you know at the moment. So we're going to sing. And as I said, if that's you and you would like someone to pray for you, I love, please come out the front and um, me and some of the team will just pray and just agree for God's blessing, his breakthrough, and that your soul will thrive again. And um, I'll just pray as the band begins to play. 
We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you for what we can glean from the Garden of Eden, the original environment that you created for our souls. I thank you that we were created to rest and enjoy your presence and your goodness for pleasure. And for those of us who have lost touch of that, God, I just thank you that right now you're ministering peace into hearts and souls, that you're quieting the noise, maybe where there's clutter and people have struggled just to be still, God. I thank you that now you're bringing a peace and a stillness. And I thank you that you're going to help us to get better at finding peace and stilling our hearts and being present no matter what the circumstance. And I also thank you, God, that you have called us to walk in responsibility. It's good for our soul to take responsibility. It's good for our soul to work it and keep it. And for those of us who need a little bit of calling up, a little bit of, come on, it's time to run a little bit harder. It's time to pick up the pace. Maybe you've let some stuff go. Maybe it was hard. Maybe you just lost your way a little bit. And God's saying, pick it up again. It's time to run. I want your soul to thrive. It's time to soar. And I just want to prophesy over those of us who have maybe forgotten what it was like to dream, forgotten what it was like to run with the calling that God has put on our life. Don't be scared. Yes, there's often a cost, but as you stay in your lane, as you are faithful to what God has called you to, you're going to find yourself soaring. You're going to find yourself thriving like never before. And not only that, you're probably going to find your world around you change because when we're faithful to what God has put in our hand, it's because He wants to change the world around us, through us. So we thank you, God, for your goodness. Please come out the front if you need prayer. We're just going to sing. Thanks, team.